and everybody gets it back again. Don't take no mess out the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. As Damon takes it to the wreck. How the world did they do that? Believe it, it ain't easy. Drive your hooty to the game. See the Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I'm Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. The podcast, as always, you can get on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, the Odyssey app. We're part of the Odyssey family. Anywhere that you usually get podcasts, make sure you go do that. Very fun episode for you today. I'm joined by my friend Brenna Green, who is the sports anchor and reporter at Coin. She's been on the podcast before about a year ago, and she was in Vegas with me at Summer League. So we get into a lot of that. We, you know, we talk about you know how Scoot looked in his debut. We talk about Joe Cronin's press conference about the Damian Lillard trade request. We talk about just kind of the latest with that whole situation. There's not really a lot new as far as news, like. Everything that's been out there is still out there as far as where trade talks are at and how close they are or are not to happening. So, you know, we get into it, but it's not like there's a ton going on there right now. So that's kind of all that is. We, you know, we also just, you know, we get into just kind of other observations from Summer League and, you know, how we see it going if they take it into the season with the Dame stuff, how that's going to look. But it's a fun, it's a fun conversation. Brenna's great. If you're not following her, you should be, you know, she does great stuff on coin and, uh, you know, we get, we get into a lot of different stuff from summer league and just, just generally kind of what's going on with a lot of different aspects of the team right now. So let's get into that. So Brenna, we're going to get to blazer stuff in a second, but I'm, Curious, because I'm always curious whenever, because I've been going to Summer League every year since Mm -hmm. 2012. I didn't go in 2020 because I didn't have it because of COVID, but other than that, I've gone every year since then. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of like used to the whole thing. But I'm always curious from people who are going for the first time, like you were this year, just kind of what what your impressions of the event were, what you thought of it, just kind of your overall sense of it. I'm always curious for first timers. I tweeted out the after the second game i was like summer lit summer league is like people mad libs <laughs> who like who do you think's gonna show up all right they're here like you know i mean my first game i'm sitting there on the baseline i'm getting texts from people being like holy crap you're on national television right now behind jerry west like uh-huh. you know? and i'm like all right i gotta go back today like once i get into the office and like actually get like the legit still frame from the game where I'm behind Jerry West because I gotta I gotta just have that for like all eternity you know what I mean yeah <laughs> gotta have that for the broadcast so you know like Jerry West is in front of me to my right is Bill Simmons to my left is Jay Cole then like you know Fat, Fat Joe, Joe was there <laughs> Fat Joe's walking around I'm like cool with like the most insane drip I've ever seen like, <laughs> like that was sparkling from like Mars yeah. okay and he was getting hyped about Wembenyama in that in that Portland San Antonio game he was like up chanting defense and just like it's it's be- it. it's funny that like summer league has become the place it really has to be seen at it's 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 almost like it's like the, it's like the basketball version of Coachella where it used to be 
you know, if you're a hardcore fan of, like, music, you go to Coachella because somebody that you want to see is is there. They're headlining, and, like, they haven't performed in a long time. Summer League used to be a lot smaller. Like, every, all 30 teams did not used to have a team at Summer League. It was, like, 20 of them would be at Summer League, and then, like, the other 10 would go to the Orlando one. And now it's just become a place where, like, if you're anybody in the sports or even really entertainment industry... It's just a place to go and be seen at. It's like it's like a place that influencers go now and Yeah. It's just it's gotten into like a totally different thing than it used to be. I definitely had someone ask me if I was an IG model on the side at one point. And well, I are you? nearly died. Well, are you? I was like, what? Like, no, I am not. No, what? No, like oh my gosh like um yeah i think that that would get me in some trouble in the job i do i'm gonna go with a big no it's been done it has been done it has been done (laughs) but i will say not at the local level the local level definitely frowns on that situation (laughs) anyway so yeah just stuff like that you know just casual summer league things people asking you if you're an if you're an ig model on the side no i am not thank you i totally look like i'm an ig model (laughs) this is what we bring on the podcast the authenticity nobody's dressed up nobody's nobody's faking any yeah uh, if if you're listening right now let me tell you i'm in sweatpants a big t-shirt no makeup and my hair is absolutely insane and pulled back so we are first day back from vacation vibes hard right now you stayed an extra couple days after Mm -hmm. summer league didn't you just to just to hang out me covering summer league yeah summer league's still going on obviously but uh yeah i just you know what I had the vacation time. I didn't need to be back until Friday when we were recording. Um, there wasn't anything that was like on the books for me until Friday work-wise. So I was like, you know what? Why not just stay? Um, I accidentally... Uh... <laughs> so I made friends with some Australian girls. Sean knows this story. Yeah. I made friends with some Australian girls one of the nights there. And then they were like, come with us. All right. I don't really care. Who cares? They were like, come with us to Magic Mike. And I was like, you know what? I went and looked up like their tickets and there was a ticket right next to them. And I was like, you know what? It's fate. I'm going to do it. Well, uh, they got the date wrong for when the show was. And I wasn't looking that closely because I was just (laughs) trusting them. And so, uh, yeah, it was actually the next night and I was supposed to leave that night. So then I just ended up staying another day. So, uh, yeah, because I was like, I didn't spend 110 bucks on this ticket to not uh, to not use it. So I might as well. So there you go. I uh, I ended up going. My mother had a complete conniption fit over it. Not in like a like a oh you can't go to that it's bad way, but like she was I, she had a bad bad experience in her past and was convinced something bad was gonna happen <laughs> to me. So I texted her once I got out of Magic Mike and I was like I did not get abducted at Magic Mike. Please clap. You made That's it home fun. in one piece. I did. I did. I made it home in one piece. All's well that ends well. It was it was a good vacation. So yeah. So you were gone. Slash vacation. You were there for like a whole week, right? Yeah, yeah. That is too long to spend in Las Vegas in July. Here's the key, my key, anyways. Which I know. Oh, whatever. I'll just say it. I don't care. Um, I like don't when if I go out in Vegas, I like I don't really need to get drunk to have fun. Sure. And so like I just didn't. I, I never, like, did that while I was there. And that is the key to just, like, 
you could survive anything in Vegas mm -hmm. as long as like you don't go too hard on anything, I feel like. But yes, it was hot. But you want to know what? I actually didn't like hate it. I know some people hate it. I didn't hate it. The heat this year felt worse than it usually is. Really? Yeah. That's it was like it was like debilitating. I, I don't I don't know why. And it's it's actually funny. So I got I got back to Portland on Tuesday, and those so the last couple days here, it's been like in the eighties. And I was out with a couple friends last night, and they were like, "Oh, it's so hot." And I was like looking at them like this. It's it's twenty degrees cooler than it was in Vegas. Like like thirty, this, really. This is nothing. Yeah, really, because it was like in the eighties, and it was one fifteen. Yeah. In Vegas, but. <laughs> So let's get to what we actually were there for. The actual for, basketball. Which was yeah. the Blazers uh -huh. Summer League. And we got about one half of Scoot Henderson. <sighs> what a bummer. Did you see his interview last night on NBA? Or, I, I did. Know. Oh, my gosh. I watched it before I came on. It was I, That I was just him. the best vibes that that I've ever seen in like a summer league in-game interview. He was like interrupting every question to like yell about like one of his teammates blocking a shot or something. It was just, it was just so, like, he's such a, you know, you hear all this stuff ever since they drafted him about like, Oh, he's so mature for his age. And he's, you know, he's so poised, but like you, you watch that interview and you're like, this is a kid experiencing the NBA for the first time. Like he's just super excited to be there. Yeah. Yeah, he was, I mean, his energy is just so much fun to be around, and it's such a bummer we only got half of him. Yeah. But I could totally see this being like a Shaden Sharp situation where, you know, he decides to come back and play next year. I would actually not be surprised by that at all. So mm. he's going no. Okay. All right. I think they, I think he's going to be too good the first year. That's to, fair. Like Paolo Bancaro did not play Summer League this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We'll see how it all shakes out, huh? What did you think of Shaden? <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, obviously he had up and down moments, but his energy was there. The fact that he still is playing right now, yeah. I'm really shocked by. But I think it says a lot about how much he loves the game of basketball. Because uh, he could easily, he could have easily called it after that San Antonio game. And nobody would have blamed him at all. Like, everyone would have been like, yeah. In fact, I'm kind of surprised the Blazers weren't like, you know. Yeah. Um. But he's still, he's still, I mean, I think that he's had some, some good performances. I didn't watch the Charlotte game live, but um, I mean, you know, from all accounts, he had an incredible game and uh, yeah, it's just, it's exciting. The, the backcourt of the future is very, very exciting for this Blazers team right now. And also I think Shane's coming out of a shell a little bit personality wise. Mm -hmm. He's starting to get there. So I'm excited to watch that. I'm excited to watch that development this year mm -hmm. as much as I am excited to watch the development on the court. It's still a slow process, and it's still very much a work in progress. Yes. You weren't here yet. You were still in Spokane when mm -hmm. they brought him in for this pre-draft workout. Yeah. And, I mean, now that, you know, you've been here through this pre-draft process, yeah. so you kind of see how it goes where, like, they bring a bunch of, like, prospects in for a work for workouts, and then we get to go interview them afterwards. Yep. Shaden's interview last year after his pre-draft workout was brutal. Like, it was, like, one-word answers to everything. And I remember coming away from it being like, oh, God, I hope they don't – I don't know anything about him as a player because nobody really did because he hadn't yeah. played at Kentucky. But I was just like, God, I really hope they don't draft this kid just because it's going to be rough as a beat writer. But then they draft him, and you kind of start to see over the course of the season, 
he just starts to i mean i think it's still very much like in progress but he just oh, yeah. starts to he's starting to become like you can have a real conversation with him now and he's not like just completely like you know deer in the headlights just completely closed off he's starting to open up a little bit more yeah like i mean in that first game when we were talking to him afterwards and danny meringue was like you know, you, you seemed a little, like, extra spicy out there tonight, whatever. And he was like, was I? And then we started, like, relaying things to him. And he was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right, I was. Like, well, because <laughs> well, remember in that first game against Houston, he dunks on uh, on uh, Jabari Smith. Video. And then he yeah. – was it Jabari Smith? No, it was Whitmore. Yeah. It was Cam Whitmore. And then he starts just, like, going and, like, he starts, like, like barking at him. And I'm just like, I've never seen Shaden do that before. He's so – I yeah. think I think some of the perception of Shaden – you know, some of it, I think, was because he didn't play at Kentucky and just kind of sat out and people thought, like, oh, does he really want to play or is he just trying to protect his draft stock? But I think there's also, like, a little bit of, at least last year, there was a little bit of, like, a Tracy McGrady thing going on where people think that he's, like, not engaged or not into it because he just kind of has this look on his face all the time like he's, like, basically sleepwalking. Yeah. And and that was kind of the case throughout his whole rookie season, but it's just, like, he just has that calm demeanor and just doesn't really get animated or really visibly react to things so it was a little bit out of character to see him actually like you know dunk on somebody and then like react to it and like go like start like getting in their face and it's just like oh okay okay Shaden's starting to come out a little bit more yeah yeah he kind of um yeah he looks like a robot when he's out on the court most mm-hmm. of the time it's just there's it's just nothing and then yeah I got a video of him after he um hit a layup in that Houston game and he was just he was glaring people down. I was like, <laughs> okay, like, I like this version. Let's see more of this. Like, and, and I think as, as he gets more and more comfortable, we're going to see uh, more of the saucy Shaden. And I, I'm here for it. All right, let's do it. So, yeah, exciting to see him. I, I think, I mean, I don't know this personally, but I know, I, I think that Anthony was kind of a little bit shy when he first got Oh, into he was. Too. So, Maybe we'll kind of see, because now he's not like that at all. No. Yeah. It took time. It took time. It takes time for these kids to grow up and mature, and that makes sense. I mean, you know, think about it. You're 18 or 19. You're put in a spotlight like this. There's all these reporters around you that you don't know. You don't know their intentions. You don't know anything. Like, you don't want to say something stupid and then get in trouble. And, um, And so I can understand why you kind of have your guard up and you're really like, and especially for somebody like Shaden who came out of that situation in Kentucky where I don't think he, uh, I think he kind of felt a little bit wronged by that whole situation, whether he was or not, you know, nobody's say, but I'm sure that he felt that way. The fact that he didn't get to play. Uh, So I think that, I I think that it makes sense that he came in a little bit closed off guarded and, and now he's starting to work through that and get older and, you know, kind of give himself the permission to show more of who he is. We've told this story before. I don't know if I've told it on here or Meringue yeah. told it on Jack Ramsey's or something. This is not, but like, this is, I know this story has been told by one of us before. This is not like classified information, okay. but yeah. last year, so the first, the Blazers first preseason game last year was the, was up in Seattle. And this was the first time reporters had been allowed back in the locker room in like three years or whatever, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so Danny and I walk into the visitors locker room at the Se- at the Seattle Arena. And this is like Shaden's first NBA game even though it's a preseason game. 
and he's just at his locker and he has some shoes that Danny recognized and he goes up and talks to and Danny just like walks up and you know says Jaden hey like hey man like what Kobe's are those that you have are you do you wear Kobe's like what like just asking him about his shoes and it wasn't like an interview he was just like making casual conversation as we do when we're in the locker rooms and Shaden gets this look on his face like uh, is this an interview question? Am I on the record? Am I being recorded? And we're just like, no, dude, you're 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 fine. We're just talking. You'll know if it's on the record. Like, and it's like, and I think a lot of, and I think so, Aunt Aunt was kind of the same way because I think people forget that Aunt also did not play at college. He committed to Louisville, and then when all the Rick Pitino stuff happened, he decommitted and went to IMG Academy, which is like one of those basketball like development mm-hmm. academies. So he had like that whole freshman season where he didn't do media at all and so he came in also like very shy and very like not wanting to talk and then over the couple of years he kind of started to come out of his shell also and that's one of the fun things about this summer league is getting to see kind of these young guys get that first you know exposure to this and then kind of start to get more comfortable with like the machine you know we talked to Jabari Walker after a couple of these games and he seemed a lot more kind. Jabari was always like a more outgoing guy than Shaden was, but he always kind of seemed, you know, I think he seemed more comfortable like this second year than he did uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that would make total sense to me. Yeah, he's he's more outgoing, but I, I think that, yeah, I mean, you know, it's understandable. They get into the league, these guys are a little bit, a little bit more, you know. It's, you, did you watch that interview that Damian Lillard did at the start of the season with Jabari and Shaden? Uh, I've probably seen it. I don't remember it off the top. It of was head. like with season ticket holders there, and off uh, like or like like some select season ticket ticket holders. It was like a twenty minute interview. It's so funny to watch because Jabari's just going. Yeah. And Shaden is like, "Yep, uh huh, yeah, yeah, uh huh." <laughs> it was so <laughs> funny to see like the juxtaposition of the personalities. But yeah, I agree with you. J- Jabari seems Jabari seems a lot more comfortable, and he seems a lot more like he just kind of seems like at peace with who he is and what yeah. his what his role is in the league and he's just really smart like i don't he's a, he's a really smart um level-headed kid and i think that that's that's cool to see as well well jabari i think also has been in it his whole life because his dad played yeah. in the league so mm-hmm. he has a little bit more of like a preparation for what this is and what it's gonna be have you watched the scoot mellow interview no, I haven't. I just watched that last night. They did that NBA con, mm, the yeah. convention thing out in Vegas at Mandalay. I didn't go to it, but they had a whole bunch of like panels where it was like an up, you know, up on stage. It was like a for the fans thing, but I, yeah. I never, I didn't go to it. But it was like one of those like, you know, they have like different like former players interviewing the, these rookies. Like they had a Kareem, they have like Kareem interviewing uh, Wemba Yama, mm-hmm. but the one that Scoot did it was Scoot and Mello. And Mello was talking to him about like how to build his brand and all this, all this other stuff. And I don't know, Scoot just like whatever the, and it's a different, it's a different kind of like star magnetism than mm-hmm. Dame has. Cause Dame is very, I mean, you, you know, Dame well, you've been around yeah. Dame a lot. He's very, you know, he has a great, you know, personality and is great to cover and is very open and very engaging. Yeah. But it's more of like a quiet, low-key, yes. like a wise beyond his years type of thing. Yes. Whereas Scoot is more of that, like, Anthony Edwards, like, super cocky and confident and just, like, very outgoing and just, like, very, you know, very contagious. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of, like, star, you know, you know, gravitas than Dane has. They're, two, they're, both very, they're both very magnetic in that way, but it's two very different, like, sides of the coin. 
Yeah. Yeah. I they're they're both like very, very good, you know, subjects to cover and sure. like they both have their but they they both have their differences in terms of what makes them special. Like mm-hmm. like you said, Dame is more like low key, like analytical, like um a lot of thought goes into what he says, which is good. It's not the bad kind where it's like, oh, so much thought's going into this that you're getting that there's 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 no. actually nothing Dame coming out of just, his mouth. Everything about Dame is just totally authentic, totally genuine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Whereas Scoot is just like has this this high level. Although I I don't I don't see I don't see him like at least right now, and this might change, but um I don't I don't see him as like well, I mean, okay. I know when Anthony Edwards, like when he first got into the league, I think they asked him, like, do you think you'd be the best baseball player ever? And he was like, yes. He's like, <laughs> Anthony you know, Edwards I mean, will just say anything. Edwards will just say anything. I, I don't quite see it as that extreme with Scoot, which is a good thing, I think, at the end of the day. But I do I do think he'd probably be like, he'd probably be like, I don't know about the best ever, but I think I'd be pretty good at it. You know, something like that. Um, so, yeah, he's... Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to covering him this next season and 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 seeing how that all develops as well because I, I think that I think that Blazers fans as they get to know him more and get to you know kind of you know see him more are just gonna fall in love with this kid and that's you know obviously no shade to Dame whatsoever we have no idea what's gonna happen with that situation I, I mean they're they're both too like this fan base is really lucky to to have you know two players like that in the orbit right now that are just so engaging in, in completely different ways. One of the things that I think is going to make it a little bit easier for people to swallow whatever happens with Dame, because I don't know what's going to happen with that whole situation. I don't think there's really anything going on right now. From what I understand, there's not really any active conversations going on right now between yeah. Portland and Miami or any other team. I think they're just. I think Joe is kind of just sitting back and letting it play out, and yes. which, which he should. There's not really any rush to do anything. But whether Dame is here or not, like there have been times when a team trades their you know franchise player. And they just have nothing to work with to start over. And they have to just hope they hit on their next couple of draft picks. And it becomes like Minnesota after they traded Kevin Garnett. And then they just had nothing for several years after that. And it was just, Mm -hmm. it was just not a good situation. Whatever happens with Dame, they're in a pretty good spot with the Scoot Shaden thing. Yep. Yes, they are. They're very lucky to have kind of a, the, the plan B ain't too, ain't too shabby. (laughs) So what do you think is you and I were both at Joe Cronin's press conference Mm -hmm. where he addressed the Dane trade request for the first time since it happened. So I'm curious what you thought, because you've also been at all of the other press conferences that Joe has done. You know, the, the one, uh, after the trade deadline, the one Mm -hmm. at the end of the season, the one on draft night, like, how do you think he did this week? I think Joe's, candor and honesty is so refreshing in a world of people who are constantly trying to throw smoke screens it is um yeah i'm not saying that you know you know nobody's ever perfect or anything like that mm-hmm. but I, I mean i've covered a lot of coaches i've covered a lot of um i haven't covered a lot of gms i should say but you know i've, I've you know I've, I've been around the college basketball scene more than i've been around the nba scene but you know this is 
same thing, different day. Um, right. And, you know, him being able to admit his faults is huge. There are, I mean, I know so many coaches where you ask them a question about something that didn't go well in a game and they'll kind of like scoff at you mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, like, and you're like, well, you know, sorry, you didn't, your team didn't do well from the free throw line. Like, that's a fact. That's not like a, not like a, a, something that's crazy. And then you have to figure out a way to like couch the question so that they don't snap at you. And do you actually get like an actual like answer? And with, with Joe, I don't think you have to think as hard as that because I don't think he comes, he, he's not going to take offense to what somebody says. And I think that's such a, an incredible characteristic to have in this job where so many people are just walking around with huge egos. You know, it, he's never come off to me as somebody who has, you know, this, he, he's, he's always able to be, um, to have that introspection and, and do it in front of an audience. And I think that says a lot about him. It was a very introspective press conference. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He was very professional, but you still got some insight into where his head is at and where the organization's head is at. And I think that that is really beneficial for everybody involved, but especially the fans who are trying to wrap their minds around everything that has happened over the last month in this organization. Yeah, I think the not throwing anybody under the bus thing is key because I mean, what yeah. that that's a that was a hard line I think Joe had to walk because he did yeah. make it pretty clear that like you know it would be pretty helpful if Dame was willing to go to more than one team mm-hmm. that maybe had better stuff to trade than what Miami has to trade. Like he did make a couple of remarks about that where mm-hmm. basically like we've you know th- th- I thought the most interesting one the thing that he said was like. You know, if you look at my history, I did get Josh Hart where he wanted to go. I did get C.J. McCollum where he wanted to go. But he basically implied that in both of those cases, they had options. Like, yeah. they, those players gave him, you know, a couple of teams that they would be interested in going to. And he mm-hmm. was able to then say, okay, what's the best offer that we can get? And he did He did kind of make it clear that Dame and his representatives having this stance that no, the only place he wants to go to my is Miami, and Miami is the team that probably has the worst package of stuff to trade of any team that could potentially be in the mix to trade for him, is making Joe's job difficult. But I think he conveyed that message without turning it into, you know, this like taking a shot at Aaron Goodwin or taking a shot yeah. at Dame or anything or anything like that. I think he was no. like, I think he was like. The way another reporter who I was, a national guy who I was talking to afterwards, who was also at that press conference, put it to me was he respectfully dug his heels in. Yeah. I love that. That's very, that's very good. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, he did. He did. And I don't know. I think right now, and and I've said this, I don't think Joe has handled some of this, of these other press conferences well. I think it was a mistake at the deadline for him to speak so openly about we're going to push all our chips in and be aggressive and, you know, go all in and yeah. try to win now. I think it was a mistake for him to do that because I think that screwed up some of their leverage and it also put him in a position where when the circumstances change, like I think that Joe, and this is something that I have to kind of keep explaining to people who think that like, oh, because he didn't use the third pick, oh, Joe was lying to Dame and he was not ever being sincere about wanting to build around him. No. I think he made this these kind of whether you want to call them promises or at least you know implications that they were looking to move the pick. I think he made those 
promises or made you know had that intention when they thought that the pick was going to be like the fifth pick or something around there and then if you're trading like Jarris Walker for OG Ananobi that's a different thing than the pick moves up to three and suddenly it's like oh no you cannot trade this pick and so the circumstances change and so I think I think Joe in the past has not handled this stuff well I thought on I thought this week at this press conference he did what he needed to do yep and and I will say, like, yeah, you're right. He shouldn't have been so forthright in terms of what he wants this team to do, what what he wanted to do and push all his chips in and all that sort of stuff. But I can also totally understand why he did it. Yeah. Like the, the fan base was upset, you know, and he was trying to placate them by saying that sort of stuff. So it, it came from the right place. It didn't come from – it didn't come from a bad place, which I think is um, really important to, like – no, yeah, it probably wasn't the smartest decision tactically to do that, but he was he had his reasons behind doing it, and I totally understand because you know, he walked into that that press conference after the trade deadline and people were upset. The fan base was upset, and I mean, you know, I'm not saying that the fan base was upset after they picked Scoot Henderson, but I think the fan base was um on edge maybe is the right word. After they picked Scoot Henderson, not because of Scoot, but because they knew what that could that they, very what they knew what happened could happen. They knew it was closer to that than it was, you know, the opposite. So, um, so yeah, I I think that he's come into these press conferences, all of them with good intentions. Sometimes these are things you learn on the job, and um, I, I don't think it's it's the end of the world that he, you know, said the things he said back at the trade deadline and things like that, because I, I think it all came from a, a good place of wanting to try to make the fan base and make Damien happy. It just ended up kind of backfiring on him in terms of uh, actually getting done what he wanted to get done. Well, the draft night press conference and just the draft night, you were there with me at the yeah. practice facility that night. It was so surreal just being there because weird vibe by all accounts, they had a great draft. You know, Scoot yeah. falls to them at three, and then they draft Chris Murray, who they really like, at 23, and then Rayon Rupert, the French kid that they drafted in the second round, they like him a lot. So you can say, and you know, you, you read all the stuff on like ESPN and The Athletic and The Ringer and all the national sites that do their draft grades and like talk about how each team did. Every single one of those websites said that the Blazers had a great draft. Yeah. But in the room and in the building that night, nobody was happy about it because no. everybody was just thinking about like, what is this going to mean for Dame? And I think we both kind of, you and I both had kind of had an idea just from people that we talked to that Dame's people had felt that if they used the pick, that that wasn't going to work for them. And so even though they got Scoot and they got, you know, the, we, everything we've seen of Scoot is that, oh, we, we think he's going to be a star. And like, this is a huge, the fact that he fell in their lap at number three is huge for the organization. There was still just kind of this, uh, are people supposed to be happy about this? Are we still, you know, worried about what's going to happen with Dame? It was just, it was just a weird vibe. You could feel it even before the draft. Like you could feel the tension and we were not around any of the executives before that before before Joe Cronin's press conference but you could just feel in the building this weird like silent tension of like what's going to happen tonight and what does it mean for the future of this franchise you could totally feel it I don't know how to describe it I don't know why I felt it but 
I, I mean, I think, I think we probably both felt it because we both knew that there was a lot on the line, but you could just kind of, I don't know. There's this, there was this weird, like, like almost like sterile feeling in mm-hmm. the building before the draft where it was just like really quiet, like not a lot of movement, like not a lot of like, like very like subdued, um, which, you know, is, is weird for when you're picking what could be potentially a franchise player um, in, in the draft. And like you said, having a really good draft overall, like they did. Um, but yeah, that was, it was really interesting to be in the building that night. Cause yeah, it was just, you couldn't, you couldn't escape this like eerie feeling. I don't know. And then the other day at the facility that was weird was their first summer league practice. And I was not there for that. You weren't there for that. But on so yeah. that happened on July 1st, which was the yep. day that the trade request happened. Mm-hmm. And the and Scoot talked. And I mean, I think Scoot handled the questions about as well as any rookie could have, where he was talking about like, you know, I'm, this is out of my control. Whatever happens, happens. But that was also just a weird day in the building because there was like an insane yeah. amount of media there. It was like, yeah. It you was texted like, me. You were like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was like everybody, it was like all the TV stations had people there. Like all the, you know, everybody who like only comes to some stuff kind of came out of the woodwork. I don't know what they thought. Like, I don't know if they thought that like Joe or Chauncey were going to talk. I don't know if they thought that like, you know. Well, even Scoot Dame talking is, is worth it. Yeah, it was. But it was also just, that was also just a weird day to be in the building because like, yeah, this just happened and we're all kind of trying to figure out, okay, so what does this mean? Is he going to, are they going to trade him to Miami? Are they going to trade him somewhere else? Or like, like what, like it, we're all just still trying to process this in real time because we yeah. all kind of knew and Joe kind of alluded to this in the press conference. Somebody asked him whether he was surprised that Dame requested a trade. And he said that, and I kind of felt the same way when it happened where he said it wasn't surprising because he kind of knew that, you know, the decisions that they had made, there was a chance that it was going to lead there. But it's still, like, he said he used the word jolted, like, jolted, once he officially yep. got the call. And I remember, like, we had, you know, you and I, you know, as people covering this, we had kind of been on edge that whole weekend because of, you know, free agency. And, you know, Dame had met with Joe a few days before that. When the Chris Haynes notification came over my phone that said he had requested a trade, I saw it, and I was like, Whoa. Wow, wow. I mean, even though we knew it was going to happen, but it's like, yeah. okay, there it is. It's officially like, there it is. It, it happened. Yeah, I used that soundbite in the the package I did from that press conference of him talking about, you know, it was actually the first, it was the first soundbite I used. Uh-huh. Um, like, I like did my intro, and then the first soundbite was him being like, yeah, like, it was jolting, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, like, it, I mean... <laughs> If if you're if you're listening to this and you don't know where I was when I found out that David Lillard requested a trade, <laughs> do I know this? Do you not know this? Did you not see what I tweeted? Uh, no, I don't. I I, I might have seen it, but like that I, whole last went, that whole last week has been such a blur. I probably no, don't remember it. I was literally ready, getting ready to go on a zip line in uh, Whitefish, Montana. <laughs> That's right, because you went out there for. Yeah, I went out there for a week before I went to summer league. So there I am with a freaking harness on, like a helmet, like all this stuff. And so I, I like took a selfie and I was like, 
I was like, where were you when you found out Damian Lillard uh, requested to be traded? I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) There I was hanging out on like zero sleep too because I took the train from... um, I took the train from Portland to Whitefish. And I was so excited to be on that train. I like couldn't sleep because I just wanted to see all the things. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to wake up in Montana and all this stuff. And... um, and so I was like on zero sleep and there I was in like a training harness about to go on zip lines as Damian Lillard asked for a trade. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. But, um, and of course, like, you know, I've been, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to take any time off in June because of the draft and, you know, you never know what's going to happen with Dame and blah, blah, blah. And then of course it happens when you're on vacation you're like, yes. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree when the, we all knew it was coming, and yet, when it happened, it still didn't feel real. That's what it is. How do you think it's going to go if they actually... Because Joe has given kind of this impression right now that they're willing to take it into the season if that's yep. what it takes to get a better offer than, yep. than, than what they think Miami is going to be able to give them. That is going to be so... And I, th- I think it's a little overblown how, you know this is going to be toxic and it's going to hurt the locker. Cause like Dame, Dame is a pro Dame will show yes. up. Dame will do his job. Dame is not going to sabotage anything. Cause that's just, is not who he is, but it's still going to be so weird to ha- if, if, if this is the way it goes for yep. him to be there, everybody knows he doesn't want to be there. Scoot is there, you know, we're, you know, and, and it's going to still be this thing of, you know, are we supposed to be excited about Scoot or are we still, is it still going to be awkward because of the, you know, Dame still being there and he doesn't want to beat? Like, I am so curious. I don't, I have no real feel for how it's going to go one way yeah. or the other. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for Scoot. Even if like, let's like, let's no. say they take it into the season and then they end up trading Dame at the deadline, which I think is possible. And that's, and that's how Brooklyn handled KD last summer. Yep. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for Scoot to have Dame around for four months. Absolutely not. It's a great thing. Are you kidding me? That's perfect. Like, he gets to learn from Damien, watch what Damien does, get that role model in the league, and, you know, actually get to see how a pro's pro does it. And then eventually he'll be able to take over the reins. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't see that as a bad situation. And, yeah, I, I think Damien, at the end of the day, I just don't see him being the type of person that would – make it difficult on people. Like, I mean, you know, even did Kevin Durant, I mean, I, no, I, Kevin Durant didn't really make it difficult on no. people from what I know. No. Yeah. And it all worked out and it I was mean, fine. Dame is wired like KD. Dame just wants mm-hmm. to play basketball. Yeah. And I, to- and I've, I've been saying this the whole time since, you know, all this happened. I don't think any, either side is wrong in mm-hmm. this thing, because I think if you're Joe Cronin, based on what we know was out there as far as trade offers at the time, Joe made the right decision not trading the pick because you can't trade that pick for, like, Brandon Ingram or Zach Levine. You just, you can't do that. And I also, Dame has every right to feel the way he feels about it, and he has every right to feel like, okay, you guys just drafted my replacement and we're clearly not in win-now mode. You know, maybe it's time for me to go somewhere else. I totally understand it from both sides and i also i'll say this i think dame is smart enough to know 
that there's a reason why Joe hasn't traded him to Miami already, like which yeah. is that, that Miami offer, the Miami package is not good and that Joe's career is probably over if he takes that deal. So I think Dame gets it. Like, I don't think Dame right now is sitting there thinking, like, as much as he wants to go to Miami and as much yeah. as his agent is making whatever noise he's making, I don't think Dame is sitting there right now thinking, oh, come on, I hate these guys. Why haven't they traded me to Miami yet? Because Dame understands the business and Dame knows that if Joe trades him, he has to get a deal back that's going to be, you know, that's going to do what he wants to do also. So... And if Dame, if it, if it ends up that they don't get that deal by training camp, I think Dame will understand what the, you know, where the, where that's coming from, and I think he's going to show up. And I mean, maybe he will. I'm very interested to see if Dame is there at media day. He's going to have to talk. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that will be certainly an interesting day. And uh, last year, I was not in town for the Blazers beginning of the season media day. Mm-hmm. And I will definitely be here this year. Um, <laughs> will we'll not be not here again for that. I will be there for that one. Um, well, I mean, you know, he's, he's going to have his camps this summer, too. And he normally talks at those. So we'll see if he talks at those as well. That's normally, yeah. uh, you know, coming up I'm here. I'm very in interested in if they do those. If, if they have media at those i wonder if they're because i did think it was interesting that dame was not at summer league this year he's usually there just hanging out and obviously yeah. last year they did the press conference after he signed the extension yeah at summer league but he's usually just there hanging out and just because it like we were talking about at the top of the show this is where nba yep. players go to be seen it's like the social event of the summer for nba mm-hmm. players and this is usually the kind of thing that Dame is at and is, you know, is just around and talking to people. And obviously, you know, he has like Adidas stuff that, the, you know, all, all the different brands and all the endorsements and stuff, they all have stuff to do. I think he, and I think this was probably a smart move on his part. I think he just oh, yeah. kind of decided to lay low and just, I think he was in, he was in like Mexico or Dominican yeah. Republic or something, according to his Instagram. But he was just, he just decided to just kind of not be seen or be around this year. And I think that was the right it was absolutely the move. right call. But I'm also very interested if he does those camps, because he has the two camps. He has the kids camp, and then he has yep. the Formula Zero camp. Which, yep. by the way, Chris Murray, one of the Blazers draft picks, was a camper at Formula Zero last year. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's uh, so crazy. Yeah, I, you know, I could totally see him just saying, no media this year. We're not going to do it. It's not worth it. Blah, blah, blah. I, you know, and maybe I'd have to look up the dates of those camps. I mean, they're they're coming. They are a coming. It's July 14th. I I remember going to Damien's camp. I don't know, within the first two weeks of me being on the job here. I definitely just realized I missed my one year posting for my one year anniversary for my gig. Whoopsies. Sorry, coin. Uh, you got you to gotta go. Can you backdate posts on Instagram? Can you like do the do the post, but make it look like it was posted that day? I think my first day was July 12th and I totally just forgot. about it. Um, <laughs> glad we're having this revelation live. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I went to a campus within the first like two weeks. So it's, it's gotta be coming soon. So I, I could totally see him just like, I said, you know, on it, but yeah. he's going to have to talk in September if he's still on this team. And 
that's gonna it's that's gonna be one of the more fascinating days I've ever had on this job. That's for sure. Did you get to watch Chad at all? I know you're a big Gonzaga person. Did you? Yeah, I didn't him? watch him in person, but obviously I saw him, you know, going off, and I'm completely unsurprised. I mean, you know, people can sit, talk all the mess they want about him. Like, he's the reason why they didn't. Him and the referees are the reason why they didn't win that Sweet 16 game because against Arkansas because he had all these fouls that were dubious. Um, I knew I could get you going on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we are. We're here. Now, there were other problems on, you know, and I, like there were a lot. There was that Sweet 16 game. There were other issues. And I think, like, honestly, I, I, I was disappointed in the Gonzaga fans in attendance because there was definitely a cavalier sense of like, oh, we're going to win this game, whatever about them and they just weren't cheering hard and i think that actually did end up having an impact on the game but um i think that uh yeah i mean chet was definitely the huge reason why they didn't win that because he just got in foul trouble that a lot of it was there was at least two to three calls that were like really you know like "Mm, i don't know about that foul and he's just so big and the, the refs just didn't know how to call him um and so, yeah, I mean, I can definitely foresee um, – I, I mean, I saw so- several people saying he could be Rookie of the Year this year. Like, you know, I mean, that that's fascinating. It's a fascinating take with Victor in the league. But, I mean, you never know. It it really could happen. And he's, he's ready and he's always – you know, everybody's amazed at the things he does. And, and I got to sit front row center for a year. And so – I, I'm always impressed, but at this point, I don't know if I'm even amazed. It's just like, yeah, that's Chet doing Chet things next. Like, whatever. So, yeah. Rookie I'm, of I'm the year. Talking. Rookie of the year is going to be so interesting oh, this year because, I mean, with both Chet, I think Chet, like, there's a real shock with Chet. Mm-hmm. And I think Scoot is going to yes, be in the mix, too, because everybody just assumes, oh, yeah, it's going to be Wemby. It's going to be Wemby. But it really sounds like San Antonio is going to be slow rolling it with Wemby. They might they might have this whole thing of like sitting him out on back to backs. And obviously we saw kind of the, uh, uh, you, you know, the, you know, how, you know, his first game, he, he obviously he was incredible in the game against Portland, yeah. but that first game, it was kind of slow for him to, you know, get going. And there are going to be games like that. I kind of wonder if as much as like, yeah, he, he's going to be incredible and he's, you know, he's, he's going to be as good as everybody says he is. I wonder if it's maybe not going to happen right away and that's mm-hmm. going to open it up for somebody like Chet or like Scoot to actually maybe have a better rookie season, even though they're not going to be better players long term. Yeah. I mean, this is, this kind of feels like a, a new era of the NBA that we're ushering in this year. So it's, it's going to be really fascinating to watch out to see how it all plays out. That's for sure. And Scoot, I think there's a real shot that Scoot is the next uh, American NBA superstar. Because who are all the guys like Jokic, you know, Jokic from Serbia, Giannis is from Greece, Joel Embiid is from Cameroon. Uh, Like as far as like the younger guys, like, uh, like Wemby is from France, like. Who's the American? Like it was John Morant, but that's obviously you know there there are <laughs> there are now complications issues, issues to that. there right now. Like Anthony Edwards, I guess. Like I guess it's like him and Scoot maybe now that are like the the next guys. Anthony Edwards and Scoot also both uh, actors part time. This the is side, true. So. <laughs> I still haven't watched the 
the LeBron movie that Scoot was in. It's on yeah, Amazon Prime. Either. I probably need to watch that at some point. Yeah, I need to watch that too, especially since Mookie Cook is LeBron in that and Mookie is playing at Oregon next year and also Mookie's from Portland, so there you go. But Okay. Uh, but yeah, I need to, I definitely need to watch that between those two cuz you know, Mookie and Scoot are like really good friends. Okay. Like Mookie was with Scoot on draft night. So, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he was posting on on draft night like with Scoot and like he posted when when Scoot got um when Scoot got drafted like he posted a video like yelling like all this stuff super excited. So, um that's going to be that's going to be really interesting to watch to see how much like both of them are around each other's games this year cuz I could see that being a thing, especially if Oregon ends up, you know, living up to the hype with this freshman class that they have coming in. So, what year grad or what year draft class do we i don't know if we know this off the top of Mm -hmm. our head i'll have to look this up but yeah scoot's youngest sister crystal Mm -hmm. is playing at georgia state and she's like one of the top ranked women's players in the country Mm -hmm. i wonder if i I, I, like i'll have to look up like what year she's going to be draft eligible but that's so it's it's so weird how it works with women i hate it i wish that it was three years right yeah, it's it's but it's but there's like but no, but it's not that because like Cameron Brink I, I I've tried to look this up before and trying to figure it out because like Cameron Brink technically if she if it was three years, she'd be eligible to go to the WNBA right now because she's played three years at Stanford. I'm almost positive of that. Um like like putting it together in my head. I'm like, yes, I think I've looked this up before. So I don't know. It's and she's, you know, obviously going back to Stanford gonna play another year. So, um, yeah, it's really, uh, it's the, the rules for women, I think personally, I think they need to be changed. Um, but you know, that's a different rant for a different point. <laughs> well, we uh, might be getting a WNBA team in Portland exactly. at some point. That's, that's, that's on something I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah. I mean, aren't we all, that would be pretty exciting. So, um, and I think that this would be, you know, I personally would be thrilled about it because, you know, I grew up a fan of the I was I was the perfect age and demographic for the fire. I used to go to fire games all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, I loved them. Love Jackie Styles. Jackie Styles was like my hero. You know, I'm I'm, I want to know because I I was at a game where they gave off gave out Jackie Styles bobbleheads. And I want to know where my Jackie Styles bobblehead went because it is no longer on the premises. I'm very disappointed about that. But anyways, did you go to ABL games, the Portland Power? With like Vicky no, Johnson. No, I didn't. No, I was a little bit too young for that, I think. But yeah, R.I.P. Portland Fire. If they if they do bring back the WNBA team, it has to be the Portland Fire. I'm sorry. Yeah. It has it has to be. That would I mean I think it's a great name for the team. It goes along with the Blazers really well. Logo's great. The logo's great. It like it it really um I think it's a good way to pay tribute to that team, you know, that it should have been around for much longer than what it was. And yeah, I would be, um, I would be very, I would be very thrilled about that if they named it the Portland fire, but you know, that's just my own personal little 1990s child heart. So there you go. I'm so, I'm so glad we got into this discussion on this podcast today. I'm just, I'm, I'm sure that you were expecting to have a discussion about what the WNBA team should be named. So, I mean, it's something I, it's something I have been monitoring and covering yeah. and will continue to do. So I do think it's interesting that, they might do the expansion in 25. And if Caitlin Clark decides to take her extra COVID year of eligibility, 
then she would be draft eligible that or she would come out that year. So I don't know. I don't know. I we'll think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, who knows what she's going to decide to do. That would be, um, you I mean, she's makes so much money in NIL in Iowa that she, I like, there's no reason she needs to come out in 24. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's not a bad point. We'll see. And Caitlin Clark could be playing in Portland next year for that regional. Oh yeah. Well, I saw her this year at the PK cause I was covering some of the women's games. Mm-hmm. I was stringing for the AP and yeah. that was, and I think she went, she had like 37 points and like 10 assists, I think, in the game of hers that I covered. So I I have seen her up close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was, it was unreal in Seattle this year when I was up there covering that. But I mean, you know, they, they could easily get placed in that Portland regional. And that would be really fascinating to watch to see, like, you know, where this, where this city is at, at that point with the WNBA, what's going on. Like how many people, how many signs are in the stands? Like, you know, if they, if, if this city does, you know, does look like it's going to get a WNBA team at that point, you know, Hey, stay an extra year so we could get you. Like I could totally see that happening. So yeah, there's, there's a real shot. I can, and the, the um, NCAA regionals now they do double regionals. They don't do just one regional at four different sites. They do two regionals at two sites. So there is a 50% shot that we are having Caitlin Clark and Iowa in Portland, uh, you know, as long as they win um, in, in March next year. Which so. they will if she's still on the team. If they should. So. They, they should make the Sweet 16 with her on the team. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's about everything we've got. Like, I'm, we, we've really gone down a rabbit we hole covered, here. We but... covered a lot of ground here. This is... This is uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got to experience Summer League for the yes. first time. I'm glad you... Fun got to you know cover this stuff and i'm glad you came on with me yes thank you so much for having me on it's always fun it's always a good time yeah always remember check brenna out coin uh all the shows like what 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 are the what are the times of the shows that you Hmm. that you're on so i'm normally always on on fridays and saturday i'm normally always anchoring fridays and saturdays so that would be around 5 50 on coin and then um 1040 on the CW and then 1120 back on coin. So that is Fridays, Saturdays. And then, you know, I'm always bopping around um, the community doing different stuff, you know, on, on those other days, which is by the way, my favorite days. Cause I love being out and meeting people and interacting with people because I don't know if you could tell from this podcast, I'm a people person and I like talking. <laughs> so whether it's, whether go. it's like, whether it's at these games you're covering or just befriending random Australian girls yes. in Las Vegas and then going to magic Mike with them. <laughs> Just to bring it full circle. Just to bring it full circle. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I talked about that on this podcast, but it's we a, did it. It's a, it's a, it's a well-known show. It's it a, is. It's and not... you want to know what? I know people are going to be like, oh, she went to Magic Mike, whatever. But like, as somebody who was in musical theater growing up, like, I would just appreciate like good performers and like, they are such good dancers and like performers and like, I was, I was very impressed. So you know, from, from that perspective, there you go. I don't think people realize how good of a performer you have to be to get into one of those shows in Vegas. Yeah. It was, it was intense. Like they, I was like, dang, I, I like, I was like, where do they find these guys? Like, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's just like, you know, being a, you know, you think, oh, anybody can like move to Nashville and like be one of these like session players that plays on all these country, you know, music sessions. But it's like, no, you have to be such at such a high level to even 
get those calls and get those gigs and any of these vegas shows are the same way yes absolutely absolutely all right so we will i will talk to you soon thank thanks again for doing this (laughs) thank you so much for having me